Hey, Christina here. Welcome to another episode of the How Change Changes You podcast. I hope you've had a chance to tune in to the three prior episodes, um, all different change stories, um, but all have a common thread, um, which really speaks to my mission to develop this as a, as a helpful and inspiring resource for any changes that you may be going through. I wanna try and help as many people as possible uh, shift their perception of change. You know, it's all too easy. I can think of a ton of examples of where I've faced a challenge or a significant change in my life. Um, and I can, I can tell that my default is to sometimes look at things in a bleak way and go immediately to worst case scenario. Um, over the years, I have, I would say, uh, through my training and obviously being a coach myself, um, shifted a little bit more into possibility thinking. Um, and that's really why the How Change Changes You podcast came into being, to bring you so many different stories from so many different people, uh, from so many different places that really share their particular change stories and I mean today's is is no different um, Christopher David Mitchell shares his health story so he specifically talks about his diagnosis um, of a real life-threatening bowel disease and you know he really speaks openly about his journey um, obviously, you have the challenges of physical recovery, but he also speaks really to the emotional and mental side of, of health challenges and recovery as well. So Chris shares that at age 27, he had life-saving surgery. Um, you know, he, like I say, very much reflects upon his whole journey really as being this catalyst um, that's really began his own personal path of personal development. And it's that that's really inspired him today to help other people uh, transform their lives if they're facing something um, similar. So um, we talk about all different things from um, the critical importance of our health because we can take it all for granted so easily at times. Um, Chris also talks about facing the scary unknowns of a diagnosis and not knowing much about a disease to battling these worst case scenarios. Um, he also talks about losing self-esteem, you know, losing his sense of self, um, you know, all part and parcel of a massive weight loss that he went through, waking up um, from his surgery, wearing uh, an elostomy bag. Um, you know, all of these pivotal changes throughout his experience, he then really tracks and reflects upon the weeks, the months and the years that it took Chris to build himself back up personally and professionally. Um, and, and all of that really powerful reflection to help give you insights for anyone who out there who's listening who is facing um, a challenge in their health or knows somebody, maybe you have a loved one that is facing um, a diagnosis or um, you know, a recovery of some kind, it's important to note that 
you know, there are some inspiring stories out there and Chris is, is, is just one of them. So I'm going to stop rambling and I'm going to start the conversation. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. And it's an absolute pleasure. So yes, as you know, from the accent and, and obviously we know each other, but people be able to tell that uh, from Durham originally. Um, so from the north of England and um, yeah, I mean, the summary would be that in, in, an, in a two minute overview would be that, you know, I was a singer when I was in my twenties, um, came down with the you know, a really sort of life-threatening health condition at 27 would have been in the, the 27 club, as I think we'll get into today. And then from there became a, a vocal coach after that. And then another change in life now is, which which I'd love to talk about, It's it's gone to more of a sort of life coach, as it were, in and around the change itself. Mm. So in and around the change itself is now what I'm actually coaching and helping people with the most because as you would know sometimes those change moments which we'll get into can be the most meaningful transformative moments for yourself and if you think well maybe that's the the highest purpose i can be so then um, that's it in a nutshell and that the the few big changes obviously the big health one at 27 but even the recent one um i wouldn't mind slipping into if it was mm. helpful but from just the vocal coach who was fairly successful mm. To, to this change now with uh, more of a life coach, helping people get through that sort of times of trauma and challenges. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I totally agree. That's what we've talked about before, isn't it? Where mm. it's it's actually probably the, the biggest challenges we face, like our biggest teacher, right? So it makes total sense. So just before we actually get to hear about your, you know, this change story that you've chosen, as you've mentioned, obviously you faced a few. This is probably one of the most pivotal for you. Why this one particular that you wanted to share today? Yeah, with the health one, um, I mean, it was such a life-changing event. I really feel like, obviously we know Maslow's hierarchy of needs um, and, you know, health basically is that bottom one. I think it's the most fundamental need as a human because obviously we're built for survival. And if the health's in danger, everything's in danger. So I think it was, there's a lot of changes, but if they're higher on the pyramid of needs, mm. I don't think they're as fundamental, but when health goes, everything goes, mm. you know? So it was a change to my social status. It was a change to my um, relationships. It was a change to my finances. So I think that's the best change I can talk about because it actually incorporates the most mm. change I think can happen from from a health crisis like that. Mm. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing. It's kind of almost that catalyst for a lots of other things, like a domino effect. And to yeah. your point, if you don't have health, you don't have a lot, right? It all is foundational. Yeah, it's all foundational and, and it's the most, yeah. I mean, literally everything goes, doesn't it? So, and then uh, that, yeah, that bottom of the pyramid is that is the most fundamental. And, and that's what happened to me at 27 mm. and fairly quickly as we might get into. So it was pretty, pretty scary. And, and all the lessons and insights that hopefully will help people today. Mm, great. No, thank you. I, no, I think it is going to be just that. So let's get into it then. Um, where did this change, this uh, health scare that you had, where did it start? How did it kind of manifest? Yeah, and, and it, it started literally on the, the the later end of 26 i was a singer i was a bit stressed looking back at it 
But a lot of people are stressed. You know, I was in a competitive industry of, mm. of being a singer. I think there was this constant competition does does great on you a bit, you know, constantly to be in an environment where you're in a room watching other people mm. who's going to get picked. I think looking back at it, people say what brought it on. Uh, and there's a number of factors, but maybe I was stressed in, in the career I was in a little bit. But anyway, it came on very suddenly. Um, you know, and if anyone's slightly squeamish here, I'll, I'll try and be as, as 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 good as possible. But basically, I just saw blood when I went to the toilet when I was on the on the toilet tissue. And at first, you think maybe it's just nothing. And then one thing led to another, led to being diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is a form of inflammatory bowel disease. A lot of people haven't actually heard of ulcerative colitis as much as the other form. There's only two forms in the in the IBD inflammatory bowel disease category and the other one is Crohn's disease mm. that's the one people have heard of a bit more yes, I find yes. when when I explain it mm. but anyway you know didn't know anything about this it's very scary because with me and my family going through it the whole question is well what's ulcerative colitis like it's, it's all like that it's like well what does this mean so you're finding out as I'm getting more and more ill and basically over the course of I can't remember exactly how long but it was months um, where it went from being diagnosed definitely within the year mm. to it getting worse and then trying steroids and then not working and trying other things and it getting worse to the point where I it just completely was so bad that I was at the toilet 20 times a day bleeding. Wow. My weight went from 11 stone to 8 stone. I remember them trying one drug. It's called Infliximab. But obviously, you know, when we're talking about medicines and drugs, it's always best to, you know, seek proper. And I'm not a doctor or anything, but I'm sure it was called Infliximab that they tried on me. Mm. And uh, that was like that was like a three thousand pound last last ditch go to right. shut right. off my immune system because oh it's a inflammatory disease. Just quickly, it's a, it's an autoimmune disorder. So even though your colon in there, your large mm. intestine is mm. good. Mm. The body for some reason thinks it's not good mm, and so it's it. attacking itself and mm. then you're seeing that the after effects of that which is just bleeding and just being so ill yeah um so anyway it got to the point where literally and this one still gets me because my mum said i mean i was so out of it on on drugs and everything that i was i was in my own world at this stage mm. i was so weak that you couldn't have a conversation with me mm. but my mum you know said you know they've said that there's nothing left to do but cut out your entire colon, you know, six foot long or else. And I was like, well, what, what, or, or what? And he's like, well, or else you'd be dead in like two days, you know? And yeah, I still, mm. it's the little things you remember in a moment like that. You know, you remember like the smell of the room or mm. what song that you had on repeat that you were playing, you know? But that is always a moment hmm. because as human beings, we know we're not fully conscious, are we, all the time of our death when we're when we're watching a TV show, we're mourning about anything. But to hit it like that. And then so that was it. And they said, you, you know, you're going to wake up with an ileostomy bag. Again, most people have heard of a colostomy bag, very similar. Um, and this happened when I was 27 years old and that saved my life. And. And then, I mean, I'll, I'll let you go back, but then it was a very long journey after that over several years of getting my life back, getting my self-esteem back, mm. 
I mean, I'll share some of these, but you know, changing friends coming and going. Yeah. What then? What am I doing with my career? Feeling worthless. Yeah. And eventually, it took actually from that point in 2013. Mm. It took till 2009. It took six years later for me to do that video that you mm. mentioned. Mm. Mm. Six years from mm. from mm. that point is how long mm. it actually took. Mm. So it was a massive journey from that moment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for for going kind of back there. You know, I think for anyone listening that, you know, either themselves or that someone they know, um, you know, has gone through such a serious diagnosis mm. and that scary thing of, like, to your point, after diagnosis, them trying lots of different things, you educating mm. yourself, you're learning, can you look back and obviously with your family, kind of even how you processed that, even like before, obviously they got to the point where they just said, right, well, we're going to have to operate. I wish I could give an amazing answer here, but the truth is I was so pumped full of drugs that I can hardly remember anything. My mum mm. was so worried about me and she was mm. in all the time yeah. because they were sometimes talking to me and telling me what happened and I was, I was so weak. Mm. that if if you'd have asked me to sign i don't i think i just about signed the form for the to do the op so at the time i was so out of it mm. honestly on every drug that they tried that my head was mm. i could hard i probably was at the point where i could pretty much hardly talk i remember i, I was at the point where i couldn't even walk to the toilet anymore mm. and i was just completely bedbound so at that time i think it was at that very base survival level mm. with with being drugged up as well where mm. it was just survival 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 but obviously in the midst of that there were thoughts of like maybe that was it mm, of course well you it's know? almost like that physical breakdown of just everything breaking down that you just had to surrender to it all to then it get was, to the point where yeah it was more actually when i was right at the end there i was so drugged that i, I you could have said anything to me mm. but the scarier time was when i was more conscious as of it course. were so yes. maybe two weeks before three weeks before that when it was starting to get worse and worse and worse before mm. i was so ill i could hardly mobilize yeah, yeah. that was very scary because i remember thinking just what the, the hell, hell is going on here yeah and i remember just saying to my my mom or something like this is just like a nightmare, a nightmare. Yeah. like like what have i and it and all the questions come up don't they like what have i done to deserve this mm. why me or like i i had i had more life to live i know i did you yeah, know yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah those things come up and so I, that's probably more the answer you're looking for. But no, right right at the end, it was my mum and dad in with me, holding my hand, making decisions. I was so bad that I couldn't of do anything. Yeah. So you had the operation. You basically, they, they had that, that was last resort, essentially, to, yeah. to do that. So what happened then post the operation? Like, Because obviously it took you a long time, obviously, to build yourself back up again, losing so much weight and... Yeah. all of that how was your recovery from the up well i mean it, the, the 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 real real recovery i mean was was years but i mean in the immediate i think the first thing to get back in the recovery is just your, yeah your physical is the first thing and um, which is why i'm now more of an advocate with the life coaching in, in terms of trying to help people through the area after that of 
because that was a hard process as in the mental emotional side because you know the surgeons tend to zip you up stitch you up and you're out mm. and there was some aftercare help don't get me wrong but um the emotional mm. aftercare was was the hard journey mm. just quickly when i was in my drugged haze um uh, from all the medications that they, they would have said to me, you're going to wake up with an ileostomy bag and you're going to have what's called a stoma. And you just sort of think, yeah, but I remember when I did wake up the first time I saw that on my body, I just broke down and cr that was one of the lowest points, actually, even though I was alive. Mm. Mm. Um, it was hard. It's hard to see on yourself. Of course. Um, what that looks like. I mean, people may even not know, but, um, so you know you could look it up but it's it's not a pretty picture on your own body with no. what they have to do and and how you're left and mm. um but I, what was the recovery honestly it was over months and years first it was getting the body healthy enough to just walk again and stuff yes. like that mm -hmm. um and then again one of the reasons why i'm so passionate now about sort of you know coaching helping other people was the thing that really saved me was then personal development mm. Right. Um, because, you know, friends care and friends are great, but friends don't know. Friends tend to, not unless you've got an amazing social circle group, tends to just wish you all the best. And But it's not like having a, a life coach around or someone who, who has really got the tools to really help you yeah. through a time. So I turn to a lot of personal development videos. Yeah books um courses did a life purpose course yeah and those like very experienced mentors really helped me mm. um get out of get my my mind back on track i think mm -hmm. no i think it's an important um thing to talk about a little bit because i think for most friends as you say they don't have the tools because most people are just scared they don't know what to say they don't know what to say. They might love you, but they don't know what to say. And obviously they're not personal development gurus, not that everyone needs to be, but they might love you and say, well, just think positive or something like that. But what you mm. actually need is to maybe like the process I went through in this one life purpose course I did was, you know, reassess my values, mm. reassess meaning, journaling mm. exercises, mm. but mm. very deep work Yeah, that really, that was a massive massive um help for me and again why i feel now that that's mm. who i want to become a little bit yeah. more with, with well when you've lived it it <laughs> makes total sense well i know that it you know without without it's funny because the people who i've spent the most time with apart from obviously my immediate family and the people who've influenced me the most and made the most meaning to my life are people i've never met in mm. person Mm, mm, mm. and you know uh, and it's from this beautiful time where you can you know mm, seek mm. courses on whatever you want or read books oh, on yeah, whatever it's amazing. you want yeah um and if i did not had that access and my immediate friendship group were cared don't get me wrong the yeah. ones who stayed by the way some yeah. of them didn't which we could talk about if you want mm. but still couldn't really give me the resources to really help me of even course. though they cared yeah no I, I think let's talk about that because you know I, you hear of many people and I know I've in my life I've had experience whereby even you know when you go through very challenging times people feel so uncomfortable 
that they don't even want to talk to you. So they'll actually cross the street kind of thing to kind of go, oh, you know, I mean, I know what came up for me when you were describing that different situation. But when I lost my mom to cancer, mm. I think when I went back to work, people just didn't know what to say. So instead they chose to ignore me, which actually was more painful. <laughs> so I want to talk about that because I think for a lot of people, they don't maybe have those tools, like you say, that they're fully equipped to deal. In that moment, if you could go back and, and advise your friends, like some of them that maybe were in that fearful place, maybe didn't know what to say, what what would you kind of advise them now? What did you need most back then, do you think? Well, I'm going to give you an answer that you might not like, but the, the truth is I don't think they could have. Um, I think that now these days, someone was asking me on, because I post things on YouTube, they're worried about, friends leaving them and stuff like that and I answered something like people can only help you to the skills of which they could help themselves sort of thing yeah I I just think maybe I was a bit unlucky but I think some of the people around me just didn't have the skills to be able to like the the deep communication skills say yeah a lot of people around me I mean I'm not going to generalize too much but I was in showbiz obviously yes it was all great when it's going great and who mm. knows who it's all a bit, yeah. you know, fancy and stuff like that sometimes. And, um, you know, a lot of the friendships that I had looking back at it, everything, they were great to go out drinking with and have mm. fun and party with and go mm. to like celeb nights out. Yeah. But I don't think they had the skills within them to cultivate some of the deep sort of conversations that I needed at the time. But if they did, and they just were afraid to reach out, then I guess the best thing they could have done was just say, you know, something along the lines of, you know, obviously, I don't, I'll never understand quite what you're going through. I know I don't understand. Mm. But in whatever way possible, I will try to be there. So if you need to talk, yeah, day and night, I'll listen. Now, yeah. they might not have been great. But as we know, talking to a tree is better than talking to, <laughs> to no one, <laughs> to no one when you, you're so bad. They might not have had the skills to be able to, yeah. you know, like some of the conversations we have together where yeah, you dig yeah. deep and you really help me. But that's what a great coach is for. But even if they just said that yeah. and they they didn't have the skills to really help me, but they were just a listener, I think maybe at that point could have been. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think people were, don't get me wrong. It's not like yeah. everyone abandoned me, but oh, I know. But as we know, some people love it when you're doing well in life um, and some people, you know, uh, aren't around when you're not. Yeah. But honestly, just for fun, vice versa. Also, oh, yeah, I had yeah. one friend who I feel like now looking back at it, he was very good with me when I was down. Mm. But then when I started becoming successful again, he didn't like it mm. because he wanted to play that role of like, I'm such a good friend for this guy because he's in need and I'm really there for him. And he was, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But then when I started getting out and, you yeah. know, being a successful good vocal coach, he wasn't really that, he, he didn't like it. Mm. So that, that was funny as well. I think that when you're in the extremes of either doing very well in life or completely down and out, that extreme will filter out a lot of people around you. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think it's a great segue to kind of go into, and I'm glad we've covered it because what I'm really hearing is don't take it personally because often the way that people behave, it's actually not often about you. 
it's about how they feel about themselves or about the situation and how yeah. much capacity they have to to deal with what's going on right have they got the capacity yeah exactly and as we know from being northerners there's some people who might care but they're very shut off hmm. and with all the will in the world they might care but they'll never say it yeah yeah or they'll yeah. never they don't know reach how to express out. it mm. yeah i just think that you have to have enough of a great understanding and a depth and a skill set within yourself to be able to 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 try and help someone through a time that that if it happened to them they wouldn't be able to cope with it all yeah of course of course i think the other thing that comes up for me and i think for those people who maybe don't really know or some things happen to somebody and they just think oh, what do i say i'm i'm almost in freeze because i don't know what to say to this person I think maybe at, at the absolute foundation, you mentioned it, is just to be there, to just say, look, I don't know what to say, but I'm here. Like even just that and not saying anything, yeah. but just being there is is, yeah. is so much more powerful than, because I think where we fall over ourselves in a, in a sense, and I think we're conditioned is to try and fix people. And I think if people can't fix, they don't know what to do. So they flee. Mm. so I think that's what yeah and, and so but you're right they might love you and they might care and some of them will be great don't get me wrong I mean my my mom in particular mm. um was just astounding through it and I couldn't have got through it so and you don't need many if, mm. if as, a, as a gesture of hope to people even if you have two people mm. by your side mm. that's better than 20 people who are who 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 aren't great with you say mm, mm. you only need really just even one or, or two people um and and if you can't get that in your personal life because it's a time of of a great need mm. you should you you would have to reach out to some sort of health professional mm, 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 um mm. ideally in your personal life but probably ideally both yeah because it's going to be a different feel with someone who's a trained professional mm. with and someone in your personal life mm, but, mm, um, mm. but you don't need many maybe even if you just had one of each yeah it's a depth isn't it it's it's people it's who can really thing, not a, yeah, be there. Not a, yeah. Not it's a, a quality quant not a quantity not a, yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah for sure yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about because, um, you know, we're going to get to some of the the pillar questions, really, that that kind of navigates us through this change story. What were some of the fundamental things that this journey has taught you about yourself and about life? I mean, it's a pretty huge question, but I know you've you've had lots of reflections on this. So. <laughs> I've pondered on this. <laughs> Just a bit. The fundamental things that it taught me about life, God. Well, just before I, I'll probably segue into this anyway, I just want to mention maybe a few of the key little insights that helped me through. Mm, yes, please. Uh, one of them, which I always like sharing, which people are fascinated by, is when I was a singer, I was Chris Mitchell. Mm. And when I was in the midst of all these personal development books and going through that massive change, um, I changed my name to Christopher David Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Now it was still my name, but it was mm -hmm. just a more longer formal included my middle name. Yeah. That was yeah. always my middle name. Yeah. And I look back at that and I think that um, it did actually really help. 
So I think one of the best ways that you can go forward in life is sometimes a necessarily shift in identity. Mm. So what was what was going to keep me suffering is if I tried to go back to the old Chris, mm. the guy who was singing on stage or performing eight shows a week. I was ill and had an ileostomy bag. That life mm. was was not going to happen again. Mm. And I was going to be miserable if I tried to still mm. have a life that just wasn't suited for me anymore. Mm. Mm. So that identity shift to Christopher David Mitchell was was one that there's a there's a lesson there of like sometimes you need to make a sort of story shift break of identity like that. Now obviously as we know you don't want to get too attached to too many layers of identity because that can actually, you know, um you know, uh, hit you hit you back in the face on that one, as it were, because you want to be able to be flexible to not be like, this is who I am. I am the entrepreneur or I am the coach or whatever. But mm. I think at a time of crisis, mm. when you're desperately trying to move to the next chapter chapter of your life, some switch mm. in change can help. And it's sort of like what they did in the, I don't know, the old sort of tribal days where, you know, the, the sort of boy to become a man change mm. and then do some marking of that change some ritual mm. but yeah and some you know and it was it it that was almost my version of that yeah which actually really helped um no i love that i just i just jump in at that point because yeah. i think we are here to evolve not revolve right and i think often yeah. when there's been a pivotal change like this one to your point then if we go back then there's always that danger that you'll compare or you'll it'll never be the same um so much so at the moment you know on a wider scale everyone's been talking the last year or so of like oh I want to get back to a new normal um whereas actually it's about and it's what you said at the very beginning it's about moving forward you know it's like look through the you know the windscreen not the rear view mirror because you're not going that way you're heading forward and I think it's an important point you raise that even if it's just like a little shift there of like using your fuller name then it marks to your whole self at a deep level this is a new chapter for me yeah yeah and that was that was a big shift um for me and however you do it yeah um yeah a little change ritual yeah. To give the markings of the yeah because w- when i was witnessing other people who when i was still in that hospital who had the ileostomy bag a lot of them when i witnessed how they were suffering still and miserable it's because they were still trying to do all the old stuff they used to do mm-hmm. yeah. that was the thing whereas if they just embraced the, the the shift and the change in who they are and who they're and where their life might go but if you cling on to well i think i could go back and be in the you know, and then some, you could get trapped in that story for decades. Mm. And as we know, a lot of people, you know, mm, do. do. Yeah. yeah. When you see people having, you know, crises when they're older. So I think that that was a massive, be, to be able to to shift identities. Yeah. Um, another big insight for me was, I mean, I love Wayne Dyer. Um, and my my favorite my favorite book of all time, just to share for for people out there if they're struggling, is um, "The Obstacle Is the Way" by mm. Ryan Holiday. Yes. My favorite quote of all time was "When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change." Yeah. By Wayne Dyer, and I tell this story to people because when I was in the in the hospital and I was noticing, you know, we're all on the on the same ward. We all had ileostomy bags or colitis. Mm. 
and you know there's someone that i'm looking at is like oh god i hate it it's it's horrible it's ugly uh, you know and then there's someone else saying oh god it's great i'm not on any meds anymore mm. i'm not on any pain like oh god it's fine and you get really used to it and it's just a blessing that i'm not in any pain anymore this that, and the other and that's the moment when and i'm reading these personal development books i'm like that's what he bloody means he <laughs> yeah. means that the bag is the same here yeah but if your opinion and mindset towards the bag mm. directly affects how the bag is in real life to you yes and so that was a another huge moment for me when i started shifting around saying yeah and and then you start going off on stories of how can you you know use this for the greater good or and then came the health video sort of thing of how can i turn my greatest weakness into my greatest strength mm. and um and, and stuff like that so that was another big insight for me when and i and i take that with me everywhere i go now that that, that develops through the the journey of healing as it were yeah no I love that so much because and I'm really again glad that you brought that up because I think for a lot of people when you read self-development books you take it in intellectually and you kind of go all oh, right yeah that makes sense but I think what's so powerful in with the story you share what made it even more powerful was that you had a real life challenge and you had the application of that wisdom yeah like in real time there's yeah. something as well that was like really emotionally happening to you. Yeah, no, it's true. And then you get a light bulb moment and you think, oh, it wasn't all woo woo nonsense. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's, some, there's some truth in that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, looking back as a whole, I would say that, you know, when you're in difficult times, I mean, let's face it, it feels crap sometimes. Mm. It just does. And that's fine. Yeah. And to not resist that. Um, and to allow that um, and to be truthful about how you feel. But I think that, you know, when you do get out the other side and, you know, as you, you know, definitely probably will, um, you do realize the skills that you've cultivated. Um, and the best way I explain this just really quickly is, is like a video game, mm. is that if everyone's playing the video game on easy mode, well, you're a crap player mm. because you don't have to be good. Mm. You know, and you think that you want to play the game on easy mode, but you get these avid video gamers. They don't want to play it on very easy where they just everything's just walking along because mm -hmm. there's no fun in that and reward with the, the game. Mm. But when you're going through a time of deep change, adversity or something like that and challenging mm. times, basically it's out of your control. Someone shifted the video game to very hard mode. <laughs> yeah. Now you got a choice because when you're in very hard mode, if you want to survive, you've got to be a better player. Mm. You've got to have better skills. You've got to have better mindsets. You've got to do all these things to survive. So you look, mm. but I look back and I think, well, but I, I wouldn't have read all those personal development mm. books or, you know, I have to be um, cultivating more resilience or I have to be cultivating creativity or I have to be finding inner happiness when the external world is quote unquote crap. Mm. You know, and all these skills would never have happened if life stayed on easy mode. And then when the game goes back to a normal mode and mm. you get out of adversity, you've still got the skills. And that's when you, a bit like me, see the opportunity and everything and then go crazy because 
so that's that was an insight but it is hard to see that in the moment um, no, it's a great analogy it's a but really I, great I love analogy. that analogy and it's just so true i mean life mm. is like a a video game character you know when people say the best investment you can make is in yourself well when you're going along as a video game character um, there's a reason i play the odd video game is that you know you get some money in the video game and you uh, what's the best thing you can do with it mm. it's it's not to buy more ammo sorry mm. just to, and then i'll stop <laughs> oh, we're continuing but, yeah. it, but you can you always have the choice of upping your character's skill set or their speed nice. or their strength yes and that is what you're doing in the moments when life is very hard even if you don't realize it yeah no, I, I, it's a powerful analogy because I think for people uh, like listening who are gamers or even those of us who aren't, right, it's still, life is that and uh, it's going to throw you obstacles. You know, the obstacle is the way. It's, you know, like the stoicism kind of uh, philosophies that actually it's about life making you stronger and challenges making you stronger. So I can imagine yeah. your resilience levels are are high from, from this experience that you've gone through. Yeah. And as we know from me coming to you for help, sometimes they're too high. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm, I'm not, nowhere, not by no means perfect because um, the only danger, just to say, and this is just me being really hopefully honest here, is that you got to be careful though, because like I say, sometimes you will create stories in very traumatic situations that will serve you for a bit, but not long term. Mm. So the example I think I've, I've shared with you before personally is that um, I feel like it's like a pendulum for those who are watching this on video is that they swung one way with you, you, you're out of action and you've got no health and you've got no relationships and you've got no money and you've got no social status. When you do get better guys out there listening, just be careful because you're probably going to swing completely the opposite direction. You're going to go out and I'm going to conquer the world and be an opportunist because you've been held back on the sidelines of life for maybe months or years. Hmm. So there might be a time where you go the other way before you find your ultimate balanced way through life. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's an important thing to, to say, because I think when you've been repressed, right, um, you do totally swing the other way. And, you know, we were talking before we came on, and recorded this that I identify with that too because in yeah. my you know relationship and my life I felt repressed so what did I do well I hit the fuck it button and traveled for you so that was my pendulum swing moment you know yeah. that, that took me and then to bring back down to finding your sweet spot yeah can you talk to people about kind of you realizing that you had maybe swung out well, that's the thing is that when you read the obstacle is the way and you hear all these success stories of people who've overcome traumas and adversities, it's usually because nothing will motivate you in life like a bit of that trauma energy, we'll call it. Mm. But you've got to be careful that even if you get some success on the other side of that, that you continue on in a healthy way and honestly it's been challenging because really if you see a lot of workaholics say mm. a lot of them will cite something where someone said at childhood they weren't going to make it or something like that mm. but you know with that success can come a bit of a cost so all i'm saying is use what energy you've got if mm. you've got we'll call it trauma energy mm where you're out to prove that you can get your life back or mm. prove that person wrong mm. or someone who left mm. you, 
whatever mm. use that if you want to get up and running but at some point you can't run on that fuel forever mm. you're gonna have to rebalance with a, a positive beautiful fuel it's a bit like when you're going away from trauma you're generally running away from a mm. bad mm. situation mm. the mm. carrot and the stick versus a positive motivation which is more you're just beautifully working towards something rather than the trauma motivation is well i'm going to prove him wrong or i'm going to you know mm. so just be careful to for people that use what energy you've got to get mm. you out of a situation but then you know a lot of self a lot of self love really and a lot yeah. of gratitude and a lot of more on the spiritual side of personal development would say to sort of love yourself on the journey because a lot of trauma energy can really work but it can backfire yeah. sometimes yeah yeah well it's the light and dark of everything like to your point yeah. because you know we were talking i remember the pendulum analogy but also the over revving your engine um and it's almost that speedometer that when we kind of put our foot too closely to the you know the pedal to the metal kind of thing um, it's not sustainable. I think that's the yeah. thing, isn't it? So we've got to be kind to ourselves in the darker moments, which is more yeah. this trauma energy, but also kind to ourselves in the moments where we're overachieving or trying to overachieve because we're over-identifying with that new identity that we've created that's got us out of the hole. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. But actually, it, you know, it's, it's blending, it's alchemizing the light yeah. and the dark, isn't it? I completely agree. And you're right. You're not going to go through a very dark time and come out beautifully balanced yeah. within a year. It's just not going to happen. Mm. You're probably going to have some angst in you with all them questions that went through of like, why me? Or why mm. did they leave me? Or why did mm. this health happen to me? Like, And you're probably going to use that to be a bit more successful. But then you want to be kind and loving to yourself. And it's, it's you know, you hear the same story with everything. It's like the Tiger Woods story and, mm. you know, beating himself up and his dad caught, you know, and it works, but mm. you have to regroup. Otherwise, you know, you... So point is you want the, the, the trauma or the challenge to serve you initially to get you off the starting blocks, but you don't want to cling on to some of the feelings and emotions there. Mm. Mm. You mm. want to learn to be at peace with it then as you go forward mm. and that's no, a hard that. that's a hard process that honestly i've only gone through fairly fairly mm. recently mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 the next on to the next learning isn't it yeah <laughs> on to the next one so when you something that i was going to bring up before actually and it fits here perfectly how have you learned then to embrace because you said before it's those be that the embracing of those darker feelings when you were physically you know healing but what about embracing then the realization of oh I think I might be over revving my engine I think you know what for you personally mm. how have you felt the process of leaning in and embracing and, and being kind to yourself well well first it starts it's that we've talked about this before but first it starts off that the body will give you signs mm that something's not right with your strategy in life. Mm. And so I was starting to get a few of these signs where, you know, maybe I would be getting into a bit more of a rut or maybe there'd be a few more 
like subtle tendencies to uh, slightly self-sabotage etc mm -hmm. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you, then you start questioning why and of course that's a beautiful moment to ask yourself and and reassess stuff and i think with me i was working too much mm -hmm. i'd been so down and out for so many years that i think what got me out of hospital was the th the thought of i'm going to prove to myself and others that i can get my life back on track of and of course that i just needed to i just realized that i there just comes a day when you think i've i don't need to prove anything anymore there's just there's a shift that will come and people will know it Mm. It's just whether they pay attention to it. Mm. And if you don't, well, you'll have to mask it with, say, drinking alcohol all the time or getting addicted to something mm. because it will keep trying to tell you, you know, I, I want to put you on a different path here. Mm. But you just have to know that something's wrong and something's up. And then, you know, as I did with you, you know, mm. see a great coach to sort of help you introspect into what's worked for for you in the past few years may not be the right thing and the right system to get you going forward. And mm. um, yeah, because mm. like I say, a lot of trauma energy will work, but, to a point. Mm. but, but, but to a point, but ultimately we want to be happy and you have to let go of a bit of that. So I, I would, but it's a tricky thing to work out on your own. So I would, you know, mm. go to someone like yourself or something and, um, Mm. to all and, and as we said it's always an ever-changing game anyway oh yeah <laughs> of, we never arrive we never <laughs> we arrive you know so yeah yeah but as you have you pointed out and going back to the analogy of the um you know the video game kind of thing it's like you just you there's more skills there's more tools and you know something that you really clearly communicated there that I love is that I think the real practice here is about self-awareness yeah. That actually, what what is life trying to tell me? What is my body trying to tell me? And yeah. the very fact that you listened and you got curious and you tuned in, so you didn't fight against it. You got curious and you you sought help. I did for a little while, but mm. there was some signs where I was agitated on a day off, mm. or I was anxious when I wasn't working, mm. or I felt low self worth when my career wasn't doing well. Mm. And he's starting to say, right, yes, I've got my life back on track now, Chris. I've, mm. you know, I've proven a point, but. And a lot of people, as we know, will never want to listen to that voice because they're addicted to mm. that identity or the work or. Mm. And then they'll. I mean, there's loads of people we could name who are very famous mm. who are in this trap. Mm. Mm. Um. But it's being able to always do the scary thing where even if you think you're this, um, I don't know, business person or this entrepreneur or this successful coach or whatever, mm. it's being able to constantly question everything, which is difficult to do. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's so hard, especially yeah. when you're identifying it. And, uh, you know, yeah. something that and we've talked about a lot is that compassionate curiosity that you're not being curious to judge yourself and go, oh, I'm doing this wrong. I'm not good enough. It's like, I'm feeling that something's off and I'm going to really curiously lean in with a compassionate lens to understand, okay, how am I going to navigate through this? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. particularly if you've gone through something big, mm. 
you know, like I say, like we've said, everything is going to go completely the other direction. It's not going to fall into place beautifully because at the end of the day, if you've gone through a trauma, mm. it, you know, mm. it just can't like, well, it can, but mm. you know, you're not going to feel like you've gone through healthcare and then everything's going to work out beautifully when you get out of hospital. It's not going to be that. Like, mm. so mm. I think for people who, I think everyone should have a process of checking in with themselves. Yes. But I think even more than that, it should be even more crucial for people to do that if they've just been through a big change. Yeah. But, you know, whether it's every year, maybe you sit down and you you journal or you do a journaling course mm. online. I've done a lot of them, actually, yeah. um, which are really beneficial. Mm. Or you, you, re you check in on your values every year or you, you know, you have to do that even more so if you've gone through big changes before because there'll be big changes after yeah no i love that and it's 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 a really great um you know point to remind people you know on the bigger things to check in but even day to day on your energy levels like yesterday for example yeah. my body was clearly telling me to rest my brain wasn't telling me that my brain was like but you have something to do <laughs> but it is that thing of no my body is literally asking me to rest so are you going to give it that rest or are you going to fight through it and yeah. uh, you know for my default it's coping mechanism and so it's to push through that's my default so right. it takes a lot of energy for me to practice no christina you need to you know rejuvenate <laughs> cultivate that energy back again right yeah um exactly. so to to summarize um you know and you, we've obviously covered a lot of ground so thank you for just you know really sharing your this journey that you've had through this change story i'm sure that especially those that are listening that are challenging themselves with a with a health you know situation or know somebody who have that it must resonate a lot mm. when you're thinking about these learnings that you've had what would you say is some of the top things that it's strengthened in you it's strengthening me. Well, there's those skills we talked about, like resilience and this, that, and the other. But I, I think the biggest strength now, in a way, I don't know if it's a strength, but it puts you on a, shall we call like a seeker's path. Mm. Like this path now that I'm on where, say, I would be like, you know, going to a meditation retreat, going online to do an online journaling course, doing a life purpose course where I check in on my values like that stuff would never have happened before I got ill. So I think it's the, it's the strength is the person you become on that new path because you have to become that person to get through. Mm. Um, and I think that's what I'm grateful for because even if it's tough sometimes and it still is sometimes, mm. you know, as in life's just throws obstacles left, right and center, A, you've got that perspective of, you know, I've been through this, then I can, you know, I get through that. But it's just the realization that, you know, if that didn't happen to me, where would I be right now? Yeah, I'd maybe be more comfortable, but I'm glad that, you know, something has to kick people sometimes on the spiritual path in life. Mm, mm, mm. And if you go to some meditation retreat or some breath work retreat mm. or something like I like mm. going on, there's no one there who everything's been going fine and mm. dandy for like even Wim Hof, you know, the breathing mm. guy, I think his, he had a family tragedy and stuff mm. like that. So, but it's in the end, a great path to be on. Um, yeah. So I think the biggest strength is that it just puts you on that 
we'll call it spiritual path in life that mm. you probably wouldn't have been on otherwise yeah, had that not happened yeah yeah and yeah. so how does that how's that influenced how you show up today obviously it's put you on this new path of self-awareness sounds yeah. like you know I think the the spiritual path for a lot of people maybe people who are listening to this going oh I don't like the sound of that or um or maybe people do right um but it's what it fundamentally what I'm hearing is that you now know yourself at such a deeper level than yeah. you ever have before yeah exactly uh, and like I say if people are saying oh I don't want to go through that spiritual path well if they're going through challenges they are going through the <laughs> spiritual path because there's no way that you cannot understand how meaning works or understand how your emotions work when you've got an ileostomy bag on your body mm -hmm. you have to master that you have mm -hmm. to be able to master your emotions you have to be able to be honest with yourself you have to be able to you know change the meaning you give to things you know in in order to make that work mm -hmm. so you it's it's automatic because as human beings we're always trying to survive mm -hmm. you know in whatever way and mm -hmm. so the learnings and the teachings will be automatic, really, as long as you're as long as you're not going down that terrible rut where you are getting lost. Mm. And actually, just quickly, for someone who is, because people ask me this a lot, like, mm. how, how did how did you get through that time, Chris? And what happens if I can't? Mm, mm, you know, mm, what happens mm. if I just feel so? And what I say to people is, I, I, I like my analogies, but the other <laughs> one is lifting weights. And, you know, for some people, you know, if I had to lift a 10 pound bar right now, I could. Mm -hmm. But if you give me a 100 pound bar, I yes. probably couldn't. Mm -hmm. And when people are weaker mentally because of the trauma, mm -hmm. the uh, the the physical weights are, are mental weights. And the only way to lift more weights is to have more people with you lift them. Mm -hmm. And so if someone's really struggling, they, they would have to reach out to as many people as they can in terms of health professionals I think to get through to lift the weights mm. with you through the time and um, so I just wanted to mention that before before we came to a close because mm. I know that that's a mm. that's the thing because sometimes the video game is very very hard and you give up and of course at the end of my video I talked about my friend who committed suicide mm. because the video game was too hard mm. and sometimes mm. you want to quit the game yeah but the way through it is you have to have to have to not be going through it alone on yeah. some form way shape or level whether it's a therapist a psychotherapist a coach mm. a counselor yeah anything and um, yeah. because if you're at a point where you just can't lift that weight mm. other people will help you lift it yeah yeah because they're not alone and if anyone is listening to this and feels really quite desperate to chris's point that you know you're not alone we're all in this together and there's always someone out there to help i think sometimes when you feel in such a dark place you can tell mm. yourself that there's not but that simply isn't true so mm. thank you for mm. for sharing that and underlining it because i think it's a really important point well thank you so much chris for sharing your amazing change story you know um really enjoyed it and i know people listening will have got some real wisdom and insight from from that journey um and so for those people who maybe are going through something very similar and are looking to come and find you talk to you connect yeah. with you how can they do that 
So yeah, just type in the new identity, Christopher David Mitchell. Um, I should come up on uh, YouTube and, and stuff like that. I think that's where I'm generally, although I've taken a bit of a break recently, but that's where I'm generally the most active. And of course, I've got a website. So if anyone wants to there, they could, you know, shoot me an email or, or get in the contact. I, I generally do hear a lot of people's stories, so I, I quite enjoy it really. So, um, and then check out the video if you want that the, some of this conversation was based on, which is my survival story living with an ileostomy bag. Um, and just to say on a final thing, what you need, I think, for people going through is always a vision of the future still. Um, and for me, that was how can I turn this negative circumstance into a positive or how can I create, how can I use what I've been through to create change for the better? Mm. And for me, that was the YouTube video. Yeah. But for someone else, it might be a book. For someone else, it might be a blog. Mm -hmm. For someone else, it might be part of a community that have suffered with things like that and you help out mm -hmm. but i think that a way to truly do that final bit of healing is using what you've been through all your experience and knowledge to in some way inspire and impact others in whatever way works for you i love it i love it thank you again for sharing and i think that's a mic drop moment we will end on <laughs> awesome always a pleasure all right Thanks again for taking the time to listen to the How Change Changes You podcast. I really do appreciate it. I would love to know what takeaways you received from today's episode. What resonated with you? How has it made you think about your own change story differently? How could asking yourself some of the questions posed in this episode help you shift your perspective to a more empowering one? If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a five-star rating and leave a comment. It really does make a world of difference and puts it in the hands of people who really do need help with navigating the waves of change. Do you have a change story that you would love to share? If so, drop me an email at christina at authenticactioncoaching.com. I look forward to hearing from you.